Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody. And welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from postiesgrowroom.com. This week, we speak to the legendary Tommy Chong. Again, he's been on the show many, many times before, and we've developed a nice relationship with Tommy, I think, and we are happy to call him a friend of the show. He's a very cool guy, and we always have a great conversation with him. You know, we get high, and we just talk about whatever comes up. And in this conversation, we, we get proper stoner conversation in this with some talk about space and time and the afterlife and shit like that. And we also talk about Tommy's potential new movie coming out soon cheech and chong go straight listen for the information on that one we also talk about the first time he went to jail and that's not when he went to jail for bongs but when he was 15 he went to jail for a reason then as well we just talk about loads of really cool shit with him you know it's a real laid-back friendly conversation with our good friend tommy chong so roll yourself something nice get super high and i hope you enjoy this interview i'll speak to you at the end of this so enjoy see you in a bit alerts in the chat says it says, blows my mind that his last name is actually chong it's <laughs> it's known as chongin because of tommy chong we covered that on the that's first how much year. of a legend he is geller yeah. is he's got it, like when you're smoking weed and you call it chongin that's because of tommy chong the man who is here him. right now but his you microphone is there me. is there is no no tommy <laughs> sorry no 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 <laughs> his ears are burning <laughs> I How you doing, said, mate? <laughs> I've been sitting here listening to you guys, but soon nice. as you mentioned soon as you mention my name, I said, Well, I better speak up. He was gonna actually <laughs> wait until right on time. Right on time. <laughs> it's good to hear from you, Tommy. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? Oh, same old, same awesome. old. Yeah. Same old. Keep I don't have a life. picture of you. I, I, I just got that. Yeah, we just hide in the uh, that we hide behind avatars because we grow illegally. Oh, I yeah, gotcha. yeah, it's okay. a damn shame. Still, still illegal, but one day, one day things will change. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw a really cool video the other day. Well, it was like last week sometime, where you yeah. were dancing with a couple of air hostesses on stage at, at the uh, I don't know where it was, but it was a cool video, man. Do you remember doing it? Can you you know which oh. one I'm talking about? couple of girls a couple of is that dancing with the stars maybe yeah you was like reading a newspaper on the airplane chairs and... oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Like dancing with the stars clip <laughs> that was good man that was good you look good tommy you know you look well that's good it's good to see i i i did an interview after you know and you know that's abc and they're very straight you know and so they asked me they say what, what was it like dancing with two girls i says oh it was hard <laughs> and, uh, they said uh, and, and two girls i said that made it harder you know the guy that's uh hosting it now he laughed so hard man his eyes lit up because he heard you know he, he got the double on time <laughs> but no one else did though <laughs> oh, damn hilarious man uh, you're still doing the dancing with the stars then i suppose well you know i i i can still dance but i i don't do that that show that show is the toughest show i've ever done because mm. you have to not only dance you got to rehearse all day mm -hmm. and, oh man you know i got to the point where i would just tell the pros to you guys rehearse <laughs> I'll watch, and then yeah, I'll watch, and then, I'll, and then because you know, at my age, you do it one time. That's it, man. Mm. One and done. That was my nickname then. Man, even my, at my age, doing that kind of dancing, I'd be like, oh man, do I have to do it again? <laughs> yeah, that'd be hard that, work. That was the hardest, hardest work I. It wasn't supposed to be me. It was my wife that wanted to be on that show. And so, so she went and applied, but then they asked her who she was married to. And then they said, do you think you'd be like to be on the show? And my wife said, oh yeah, he'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you know how wives are, you know. Oh, voluntold, yeah. 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 So <laughs> I, I ended up being on the show and uh, at my age too, I was what, 78, 
and uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was an experience, but it was mm-hmm. really. It looks like you had a good time. Yeah, I got my wife back too. By the way, oh. you know because she uh, <laughs> because my partner was Peta. You know, very gorgeous, uh, <laughs> very gorgeous lady, <laughs> and. Uh, and so next thing I know, I'm spending all day with Peter. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see if you get your wife signed up for Ninja Warrior or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, dear. I have to rehearse. <laughs> I was with Peter more than I was with Shelby. Uh, wow. It was, it, was, uh, it was different. I'll tell you, I wouldn't recommend it, you know, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of suffering that goes on. You know, a wife can make a husband suffer without saying a word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. Yeah. yeah. Just a look. Just a just a just a hint of uh, you know. <laughs> oh, when you know when they turn it on, you love them. But when they turn it off, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? At least you knew why she was angry. That's a privilege that we're not that usually given, help. you know. <laughs> no, that doesn't help. <laughs> no, because you know, it's a, it's a, we've been together, you know, really ser- seriously over fifty years, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and people, and she's gorgeous. She is gorgeous, and so people ask me, you know, what's your secret? <laughs> The secret is I, I got really good taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are a great couple, you know, seeing both of you because you both on Instagram most of the time. You share videos oh, yeah. together and stuff. Big yeah, time. Big time. Like everywhere we go, I get young kids coming up. I know you. <laughs> hey, we, we were in, in, in uh, uh, Crete in, in Greece on this remote island, I mean, of Crete, the island of Crete. And we're in the interior of Crete. And we went to a restaurant. And this little, I guess she was about 11, 12-year-old girl that, you know, was the daughter of the owner of the restaurant. As soon as she saw me and, and Shelby, she goes, oh, TikTok, I know you guys. No way. Yeah, this is in the middle of Greece. And she goes, oh, I'm a big fan. And Oh, she, it was, it was, it was weird, man. That internet's around the world. All these kids are, yeah, all these kids are watching TikTok all the time as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I get recognized everywhere I go now, <laughs> but the kids, you know, and the kids have to tell their parents. And of course, parents on this are, you know, sort of religious or something. They know who we are, you know, they know. Mm-hmm. The, the Cheech and Chong uh, story, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, being uh, being uh, popular on TikTok, it's, it's it's invigorating. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like there's a generation of people that know you from the Cheech and Chong movies. Then there's a generation oh, yeah. of people who know you from the '70s show. Then a yep. generation of people who know you from Dancing with the Stars. Now yep. it's TikTok. Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It never stops, man. Mm-hmm. And we got a. a, a a, a movie in the works now you know what the, it'll probably be the last Cheech and Chong movie oh wow and, but uh, yeah it's it's being uh, it's being uh discussed now not beyond discussed it's been written and now uh, the details of you know of, of doing it but we'll shoot it in LA and uh, probably within the next <clears throat> couple of months and uh and so we'll have that to add to our uh, extensive uh, catalog. Oh, that's Very gonna be nice. awesome! Can you can you leak some of the, the storyline to us, or are you just gonna leave us in, in suspense? <laughs> well, this is Chong. I, I think that's all anybody has to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. From there, think, we got it. I think what we've done over the last fifty years sort of gives you an idea. Oh, and the and the title of the movie is Cheech and Chong Go Straight. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what? Right. No, no. What though? Street yeah, That's a plot yeah. twist. Plot twist. Yeah, it's it, that's intriguing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I can see. <laughs> yeah, you saw it. You, you've seen many movies of Cheech and Chong getting high, but this will be the first movie where Cheech and Chong goes straight. And, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very exciting. I, I'm really excited about it. And uh, there's some music being written, and you know, of course, I'm involved in it. 
in the music part too, but uh, and and the whole thing is to promote our CBD and uh, THC line. You know the Cheech and Chong uh, uh, disp- not dispensaries, but our delivery service. Mm-hmm. You know, and our CBD companies. Uh, you know the Tommy Chong CBD company is just just kicking ass all over the the legal places. You know all the mm-hmm. places where you can sell CBD. Uh, with any without any problem and so we've been selling our Cheech and Chong uh, cruise shoes gummies and they got three and a half percent THC which every uh, hemp plant has but it's legal that means it's legal and they're finding out it is not only uh, fun but it's good for you mm-hmm. and there's not too many vices that you can in fact they're called vices simply because they're not supposed to be uh, done but uh, this vice uh, with the CBD and the THC, they did a, a, a blind test with the THC about pain. And they, what they found out, they thought was going to really shoot down the, the cannabis uh, side of it. But what they found with the placebo, that there was no difference between the THC and the placebo or the cannabis and the placebo. Mm-hmm. And so their, their thing was that, well, you know, it just, it must just fool the brain, you know, into thinking that there's no pain. And mm-hmm. that's really all you got to do, you know, to eliminate pain because the pain, uh, it, it, it connects with us through our brain. Yeah. Placebo's know. massage. It's, yeah. it's a huge effect. Yeah. And the placebos mean that, that there's there's nothing chemical in there that, that can do that, you know? And, and, and that's good news because now figured out it's working like oxygen or, or uh, food, you know, anything that naturally is needed in the body. And so, so what we're finding out through those studies is that the THC and the CBC, CBD, which the authorities deemed illegal and dangerous and right now the united states is saying that it's <clears throat> has no medical value mm-hmm. but yet we're selling millions if not billions of dollars worth of medical uh, cbd products and so once we change the that setting you know that uh, uh from uh, you know a schedule one to schedule two you know because schedule one says it has no medical value whatsoever Therefore, mm-hmm. it's just a narcotic. Well, that is an out-and-out lie, period. <laughs> and so uh, once we re- reschedule, and that's what I'm going to get on, you know, the Biden administration big time uh, to, to uh, you know, uh, get rid of that scheduling bullshit. And yeah, once man. we do that, once we do that, then the, the rest of the countries will fall in line. You know, your country will fall in line. Well, we, we hope, bro. <laughs> yeah. Then it's going to be legal everywhere around the world. Yeah, you definitely have enough uh, influence, and everybody knows who Tommy Chong is. So if anybody yeah. can get it done, it's definitely you guys. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I'm on my way to doing it, you know, because all I had to hear was that placebo test. Mm. Because the worst news you could have heard was that, well, there's a chemical called blah, blah, blah that seems to be doing the trick. And then next thing you know, you got all the pharmaceutical companies and, and everybody's trying to, uh, to, to patent the, the, the thing. You know, the United States government tried to patent uh, marijuana before they made it illegal. Oh, no doubt. Find out that they couldn't. So there was like, oh, we have to do something about that. Yeah, they couldn't <laughs> patent because you can't patent a plant. Mm-hmm. You, you never made it. You can patent something you made, but you never made that plant. Therefore, it, you can't, it belongs to everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody, or, or, or nobody, and 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 so the United States did the, the next dumb thing is they made it illegal, and creating all the mm-hmm. racial thing yeah, on the bad side, mm-hmm. but on the good side, it it it's just brought us to where we are now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you? <laughs> I'm making literally uh, a, a shitload of money. From, good, good. Selling, <laughs> selling uh, hemp, which mm-hmm. the government said had no b- b- medical value whatsoever. And when they said it, <laughs> that hemp was being used for medicine for birdseed, 
yeah. for animals in the hemp in the hemp seed itself you know could have saved millions if not billions of dollars in in farm problems you know where they had you know the uh, different sicknesses and illnesses that that uh, ravaged the the livestock mm. you know because it, it, you know the government was so racist and so ignorant when they when they demonized the plant just because black guys and mexicans were using it you know mm-hmm. And they thought, oh, well, well, if they're using it, it must be bad. So let's let's make a law against it. And then they can arrest all these people on these bogus charges, including myself. Mm-hmm. You know? So so uh, <laughs> so the truth is out now man, that marijuana, cannabis, hemp, whatever you want to call it, is not only uh, harmless, it is good for you. Mm-hmm. End of story. I wonder if we'll ever get an apology for the way we've been treated. I wonder if you'll get an apology for being <laughs> locked up for the possession of bongs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like asking, you know, the Confederate soldiers to, uh, uh, well, apologize to your, to your black neighbor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen, is it? Yeah, no. no so so you, you, you were smoking on a pipe there. Is that a monkey pipe you've got? Oh no, that oh, was that was oh, one of his no, own. It's a bamboo um, joint holder. Oh right, I've, uh, I like I love with bamboo. I love that plant on every level. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, and so and then I looked at it one day, and I realized you can make pipes out of this. You know? <laughs> it's, everything is there: the stem, the bowl, and all you have to do is just cut it off uh, the the dead uh, bamboo plant. And so I made a ton of pipes. But what I what I missed was uh, I didn't like the, the I, I got used to joints uh, smoking mm. joints and so now I, I I'm using these pipes as uh, joint holders and so when you uh, when you light up you've got that whole stem to kind of cool uh, the, the 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 smoke before you know it hits you nice. But you know, hey, listen, I, I'll be 85 next birthday. And, wow! Uh, I go to the doctors almost every week uh, for uh, t- testosterone shots, and uh, and and I get every my blood checked out every week and uh, everything checked out. And, you know, I was worried about my heart. I was worried about everything. You know, as you get older, mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing is, you, you get older and you get high. But instead of saying, oh, wow, that weed really works, you start thinking, why am I feeling like this? <laughs> Does that mean my kidneys are failing? You know, <laughs> you know there's a million things you go, oh, what, what's wrong? You know, and then, then, then I have to I always go, oh, I smoked up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's it. I'm just high. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. No, I've, I've been, and what I find out, you know, I'm, in fact, I'm going to start doing a show with my wife because she, <laughs> I, I'm really not supposed to say this, but. Oh, don't get yourself in trouble there, Tommy. <laughs> she just had, a, and this lovely creature officially is 75 years old. Wow. But you look at her and it, someone was to say uh, 30 you would believe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, but if you talk to her well then you realize oh you know <laughs> this is a very, <laughs> very intelligent human being i'll quit looking at all those other body parts she... <laughs> mm. she's behind you tommy you got me she doesn't she doesn't sneak in the room ever <laughs> she, she is so much wise <laughs> that's what i tell like young mothers you know you know trying to raise teenage sons you know and he's this he's that can you give me some advice i said yeah Never go into his room without knocking and waiting for at least 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Don't ever go into a teenage boy's room 
without knocking and <laughs> announcing your presence. My mother at the end, you know, when I was still living at home, my mother, I, I, I ended up in a, in a corner of a basement, you know, no room, just a corner of a basement, but my bed and, and it was, it was all I needed. But she would, she would never come down to the basement. If there was someone on the phone or someone to see me, she'd always open the door and yell from the, from the top of the stairs. Because, you know, she, you never know, you know, as the mm -hmm. guys get older, who you're going to find in the bed with them. You know? <laughs> and it could be embarrassing. You know? so, so how long have you, do you remember the first time you smoked weed, Tommy? Absolutely. In fact, you know what? I, I caught some undercover uh, narcs by asking the same question. Because <laughs> I, I, I felt something weird. I was opening a new club. And uh, uh, yeah, because we were we lost the lease in this other, other club. So I'm opening this other this new club. And all of a sudden I got these they they were trying to look like hippies, but they looked more like cops trying to look like hippies. You know that look? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there was a man and a, and a woman. Now they're far too clean. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah <laughs> they were, they were trying to even, argue. Even, even the headband had a sort of like a military look to it. <laughs> it was too neat. Too neatly folded. Too crisp. Yeah. yeah. So, and so we were sweeping and, and you know, washing the floor and they were helping me, you know, moving tables. and that. They were good workers. Really good workers. And that was another thing, you know. First of all, no self-respecting hippie uh, would ever, especially with a girl, you know, come up and, and volunteer uh, uh, without knowing what's going on. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden we got people, in, hey, so what are you doing? <laughs> hey, can I help? And, and it was like, oh, oh, some undercover cops. Okay, sure. <laughs> Definitely use your help. <laughs> And so, so I was playing with him the whole time, and then I, I asked him the the question, you know, ever do acid? And uh, and they said, oh yeah. <laughs> I said, what was your trip? What was your first trip like? And he says, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. You know, you you don't forget. Yeah. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? It on acid. You will create a memory that you will never forget. <laughs> it's not something, oh, hum, I've done this so many times, I can't remember. This is the first time you've done acid. It'll, it's a life changer, no matter who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, so when they said, when he said, I don't remember, I laughed in his face. I think I did. Then I, oh, I better go to the bathroom. And so I went into the bathroom and I started dancing and laughing because I said, they're not they're narcs and so we went back and said, well we better get back to work and i worked those poor bastards they were like almost dying and, and by the time we were, yeah moving the tables washing the floor and the floor looks look at i think it needs more over there it looks dirty <laughs> <laughs> i think i preferred that table in the other corner we want to move that one back at the when we opened the club at night uh and then of course they they changed their clothes and came down without the headbands and shit and, and but i put out the word you know that they were narcs and so they're like kind of like isolated from the rest of the crowd, you know, who would just walk by <laughs> and kind of look at him, you know. And, and uh, oh, it was it was quite a riot. But then, see, I didn't know at the time. You know, was I? No, I was always under surveillance in Vancouver too. That's why it didn't bother me when I was under surveillance in LA, because it it felt so natural that you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I got arrested, that was really. That was kind of exciting for me, you know, mm -hmm. kind of exciting. It was everything, you know, because it changed my life so much. And and it was like I was expecting it. Yeah. You know? You've been expecting oh. it for such a long time. And then it happened. It's like, oh, well, finally. Yeah. Even beyond that, I was expecting almost all my life that I would end up in jail. In fact, when I was 15, I, I, I did end up in jail. 
this friend of mine stole the car and the, st- the car stalled. And so he called me. I was at home. He called me. And so I went and met him, tried to get the car started. <laughs> and the cops pulled up. And, and we went running. It was near my house. That's why it was called. And the cops followed our footprints in the snow to my house, and <laughs> where we jumped in the bed with clothes on. <laughs> and the cop just walked in the door. And my mom said, How can I help you? Excuse me, ma'am. I'm looking for these two guys. And he, he just walked into the, into the bedroom. And, Come on. <laughs> and uh, we, then that's my first night in jail. I was uh, 15, 16, somewhere around there. And uh, yeah. And, and it and it didn't feel, uh, you know, because I wasn't a thief, you know, it was mm-hmm. an accident, you know, and, and I'm not a thief and I'm not a, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm very honest. And, uh, and so I had, to me, going to jail was just an, just like an, uh, an adventure, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a, mm-hmm. an adventure. So when, when I got caught, you know, when they got me with the bombs, uh, in my, I tried to stay out of jail, but in my, uh, deep down in my heart, I knew I was going to jail. I was like ordained. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I treated it like that, but yeah, yeah. The, the experience, it was all about the experience, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what I've been doing uh, all my life is just enjoying all the experiences. And now it's completely legal and you won't go to prison for having a bong anymore. How crazy is that Not shit? Not the bongs, <laughs> but they got, you know, they got all these other, opi- they got a huge op- opioid uh, death thing going, you know. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. uh, probably around the world too. Like, you know, well, anywhere mm-hmm. there's affluence, you mm-hmm. know, you'll find uh, <laughs> people trying to, trying to, you know, the reason I laugh at it is because the junkie mentality is kind of funny. Uh, you know, I, I I grew up in Vancouver. Well, I didn't. I grew up in Calgary actually, but I, I lived in Vancouver long enough on the street in Vancouver. That was my that was my uh, uh, what do you call it? if you're going to college? You know, your thing to do. You know, to to elevate you. Uh, and so that was that was my senior course in street mm-hmm. uh, education. You know, that's where I had to get my diploma. Yeah, and and on the street in Vancouver were people literally dying every day from overdoses of heroin uh, because of the huge, huge, huge junkie population in Vancouver, Canada, because of we're, we're our our humane drug laws. See, most places in Europe, and that when you become a out of out of uh, control junkie, they kill you or someone or something. Mm-hmm. You die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it you know drug uh, people that sell the drugs they're they're executed you know uh, and so so vancouver you know is the closest place to all these places and so the heroin is rampant in, in vancouver uh, to the point where they've got needle uh, they got the needle programs and all that stuff you know going you know it's sort of uh, State of the art as far as junkies go, but the, the the junkie humor that I'm talking about is the the word to get out that this shit is killing people, okay? Mm-hmm. And so the junkie will buy their 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 stuff and then bitch at the dealer, hey man, you ripped me off, man. You never sold me the good stuff, you know? How do I know that? Well, I'm fucking still alive, man. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be getting worse nowadays, though, don't you? Because the fentanyl is getting into everything. Well, there's more people. That's very true. And it's a sickness. It's like a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a pandemic, really. Mm-hmm. It always has been <laughs> since the beginning since, since the beginning of time. Mm. You know, China at one time was, was such a mess because of the opium. Opium. Yeah. Opium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Opium? Yeah, it's yeah. opium. Opium. Because mm-hmm. the opium yeah. dens and shit. It was yeah, Silk Road. Britain, and that's how Britain, Britain ended up with uh, Hong Kong. That's right. <laughs> you know, Britain, you know, they got <laughs> Hong Kong from China. They sold it for rock. 
I've got the deeds here, man. I just need a 20 bag, you know? I'm sure it didn't go down like that, everybody. That is historically inaccurate, okay? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they know well, that. You know, you know, he discovered America because uh, Isabella needed her pot, you know, her herbs, her mm-hmm. spices. <laughs> and that's what they called it. And so she hired Columbus, you know, go get me some spices, you know, and, Columbus, and make it fast. And so Columbus thought he, he found a quicker way to India. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's yeah. on his way to India. Now, see, this is such a typical stoner event when you think about it, you know, because, you know, <laughs> Columbus, he just doesn't deliver the drugs, he uses them, you know. And so, you know, they're all fucked up. And Isabella says, I love this shit. Get me some more. And so Columbus goes, okay, hey, and I know a better spot way to get to India. I know this guy. I know this <laughs> <a> guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so he ends up, he gets lost, ends up in America, <laughs> somewhere in America. And when he sees the, the natives, he thinks he's in India. So he called them Indians. <laughs> and we kept up the tradition. Mm-hmm. Just, just lately, you know, the the proper thing is First Nations or something like. That, yeah, you know? yeah. When I grew up, cowboys and Indians. Mm-hmm. It was Indians. It was cowboys and Indians. Right. That was. And and uh, see how messed up he was, man. He got so stoned, thought he was an Indian, <laughs> end up in America. Uh, you know, did he? Get, yeah, he probably got all of the the herbs that he was looking for. Because it was growing everywhere, you know. And, wow. Uh, and Isabella got her fix, I guess, or her, her dope, whatever it was. Probably menstrual. She was probably a woman, you know, she was probably needed to ease that pain, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what the cannabis does, man. The cannabis is such an amazing, uh, versatile. It, it mm-hmm. really is God's way of communicating. You know, I mean, now when, when you get high, it, it, the most high, and you read the Bible, it's called God is called the most high. And I've been <laughs> to show you where I met. What you asked me in the beginning of the of the show was, uh, do you remember the first time you got high? And so the first time I got high, I was 17 years old. I was living in Calgary. I had been through the, you know, the jail and the, uh, in fact, I had a band. Uh, I was playing in a, in, a, in a rhythm and blues band, which I created. I helped create with uh, a singer, Tommy Milton, and uh, another singer, an Indian slash First Nations, what do you want to call him, Dick Bird. And so our first group was called The Shades because we were all different colors. Cool. Tommy was an African slave uh, descendant. I'm half Chinese and a lot of other shit. Uh, uh, Chinese, uh, Scottish, Irish, and Native, eight percent, and uh, and then of course there's Tommy, myself, and then Dick, and we were the Shades, and so while we're playing in the Shades, uh, a jazz club, uh, Raymond Mods, Chinese uh, entrepreneur, bass player, opened a jazz club called uh, Oh, I forgot it now. Anyway, it was a jazz club. Only uh, the Foggy, no, Foggy Manor was a flat five. It was called the Flat Five in Calgary. And one day I came down to the club with my guitar because I always carried my guitar. I couldn't play jazz, but if you had your instrument, you let you in free. And so I got in free. And, uh, and then Raymond came up to me with a, a present. He had a Lenny Bruce album. Comedy album and a joint, <laughs> and that changed the world. Wow! Because I didn't, I didn't smoke it. I didn't smoke it. I put it in my pocket. <laughs> this is my habits. I, I still do. I don't know what was in, what's in mm-hmm. it. I got, mm-hmm. Put it in my pocket, and uh, and so Raymond said he lit up his own joint. He's well here, okay. He lit up a joint and it be a toke. My first toke. 
put me, well, changed my life. It was just like you, the engineer switched the, the tracks. As soon as I took that toke, he just switched the tracks. And I was going one way, and the next thing you know, I'm going another way. Mm -hmm. I can remember every, you talk about remembering? I remember the name of the song that was playing at the time I got high. It was wow. Ornette, Coleman, Ornette Coleman's Lonely Woman. And it was being played over the, the speakers in the club. And uh, I took the, the record the, in the joint home. Next day, I lit it up, took a couple of tokes, put it out, put on the record. And that changed my life. Wow. <laughs> I heard Lenny Bruce on record mm -hmm. and that's and, still a good sound today yeah 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 and so that on changed vinyl my as well damn mm -mm. but more than anything what, what what the weed did to me was to validate enhance my journey i was on this journey anyway mm -hmm. weed was just to help me help me understand the journey you know, and, mm -hmm. and like I said, it's it's a it's God's way of talking to us, communicating with us. You know, and by the way, I'm so connected. I am connected, I, and I'm sorry uh, uh, that you know people. Certain people get offended that that I have been blessed. Who and, who could and, be offended by Tommy Chong? You'd wonder, <laughs> but it, it, yeah. oh no, you, yeah, I, I, I offend the successful people, you know, that's the people I offend, uh, right? Because huh. I've done things that uh, they've been trying to do, mm -hmm. they wanted to do, they tried and never really, they got their part way, but they're not all the way. For some reason, I was picked to go all the way. <laughs> <laughs> and to go all the way high as well. <laughs> uh, and, and here we are. Here we are. You see, mm -hmm. I've never, it's never been about money to me. Mm. In fact, I, I, I don't handle money well, you know, because I see it more like, a, it, to me, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. And so when, when I give gifts to everybody in my family, I give money. It's a Chinese. Uh, uh, it's a it's a Chinese tradition, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Ever since I can remember, when I, I meet a Chinese uh, guy, birthday, whatever kind of thing, it would be money. If they had money, they would give you money. Yeah, money in a red envelope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. And so that's that. That's the way I've always been. <clears throat> For one reason or another, yeah, I, I put more stock into collecting um, things that people throw away. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that's how I got my comedy career going, because I saw an improvisational group called The Committee, and they were doing these hilarious bits, but only in, in this tiny little club in San Francisco. And it wasn't being filmed or anything. It was it was an acting troupe called the committee, and they were doing these acting exercise performances. I can't. It was improvisational theater on stage, and it started in, in Chicago at a place called Second City, and then uh, it, it more moved to New York. It, it just went around, and this was in the the sixties, right in the middle of, of the Vietnam War. You know, right at the beginning, actually, uh, close in there, you know, and uh, and this this acting uh, style called improvisation, I got turned on to it in San Francisco, and there again, a very serendipity, man. You know, all of a sudden, mm -hmm. we're in San Francisco, meeting a singer that was going to take me to Motown, and while I'm there, I get taken to a, a little theater. It called the committee, and I sat there a couple of nights, and I don't, I don't even know how I had the money to pay to get in because we we're living at a friend's house in San Francisco, trying, and we just had enough gas money, I think, to get back to Vancouver, 
And so I'm in San Francisco with no money, none. And so when I wanted to see the committee, I had a, this friend of ours, a girl, you know, she took in on the whole band and we just slept on the floor. She had a nice wall-to-wall carpet. So it was, it was like luxury. <laughs> and, and so, and, and Floyd and I, uh, the drummer of the band, <clears throat> everyone, we would go to the store and we would shoplift uh, food, you know, just like beans, uh, so, something, you know, we'd buy some stuff, but uh, uh, other food items would kind of fall, find their way in our pockets. <laughs> and we would cook up beans, uh, you know, to for our, for our meal. And then, uh, but when I went down to see the committee, uh, I would, I had no money at all. Maybe a, a 50, not even 50 cents. I don't think I had any, 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 any kind of money. Even though we were, we worked in, uh, in San Francisco at Big L's and we got paid, I think we got paid. Yeah, we got paid a couple of bucks. Yeah, so I had that change kind of thing, but, uh, it was, it was, but the committee, they, but I was there to see this great acting. And when I saw it, oh my God. But I'm a musician, you see. And what we did, my whole career was covering other tunes. You know, you didn't even think of writing your own song. You're too busy learning the, the latest hit, hit song. I mean, that's the way I was. And then I got a job kind of backing up Elvis Presley, uh, singer. You know, and so, so this is the very start of my 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 musical career. So I had to learn all that. And then when I met Tommy, he turned me on to the blues. And once I got turned on to Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry, and you know, like the Stones and the Beatles, you know, after me, not before. Mm -hmm. after, I would <laughs> then uh, then uh, you know, and then that's what happened with my life too, because as soon as I learned that black music, which which really is sacred music. You know, not, not 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 to be to be little. No, the the music I learned was Irish jigs and sautiches and stuff like that because I played guitar. I was a fiddle player, a backup guitar player for a bunch of years when I was uh, real young, you know, eight nine years old. <clears throat> and so I I had that rhythm thing and and the ability to please an audience. See, that mm -hmm, was built mm -hmm. into. Me. So that that really made my musical thing. But, but when we met Bobby, you know. Yeah, and you learned that, so, that one, so three, so four shuffle, you know, the Chicago shuffle, the blues, man. Yeah. Your blue note in there, shit. It's just a different style of music. I, I love the blues so much. It's just. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I, I learned it because I, before I, I played it, I danced it. I, I was a, a, a giant, you know, a Lindy Hop dancer. When I was, I guess, 15, 14, 15, I learned, I, uh, I got involved in it. That's how I got into the black, uh, the black uh, culture. Mm -hmm. You know, I could dance. I, one of my partners, in fact, my first partner was black, and we'd won a few dance contests, but mainly because of her. You know, but I could get around enough to uh, make her look good, and and, that, and that's that's really been the mo of my life. All my life is always having a, a lead, backup, a lead partner, mm -hmm. you know. And, and and I've been watching all the documentaries of uh, of the Stones and uh, Grateful Dead, and that that was both Garcia and uh, what's his name, Mick uh, Mick Jagger. No, 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 the guitar player, Keith Richards. Keith Richards. Yeah, Keith. That was Keith's job. See, Keith's, Keith's talent is being able to make a guitar sound like an orchestra. Mm -hmm. you know? And that was his talent. You know, he could set that rhythm. He said, he could say that, you know, it's like introducing, okay, everybody listen to this riff because you're going to hear some vocals. And Man, you know uh, that 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 was what I learned. I, I learned when, when you learn the black music, you know, then you're really going back to the roots, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And there, yeah, it, it, and and it, African music, by the way, is the root of all music. Yeah, all, 
Scottish, Egyptian, uh, any of that. It all starts, the guitar starts in Africa, you know. And then, yeah, and I uh, love listening to that African tribal music on YouTube. It's just, it touches yeah. the soul in a different way. You know, and Paul Simon yeah. did that. Was it Paul Simon who went to Africa to study yep, yes. African music to put into his yep. songs? Yeah. Went back, yes. He went back to the, to the source. Mm-hmm. The source. And, and, you know, that's sort of, no, but it's like anything, like writing or anything, you know, we pick a subject, but it all comes from the same spot. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that, and, and, and it's knowing, it's knowing these things, hmm. the knowledge. That's why the truth will set you free and, and free to be happy. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the truth will do. When you find the truth, you know, even the guy condemned to death, okay, when he finds out that his, his appeal was uh, not granted, <laughs> he's going to die, and that's the truth. He becomes peaceful. He says, okay, it's my turn to go. Mm. Now I'm innocent, and if anything is going to stop it, I will be grateful. But on the other hand, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's time to let the old ways die. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's uh, the truth, man. The truth is so so powerful there's no mm-hmm. nothing nothing i like that old saying uh the truth might hurt but it's always right yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and it's uh and it's the only way to live i found mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because because the, the rewards are are the fact that you're writing with someone that that that, uh, that appreciates you. The mm. truth really validates who you are, regardless of where you are. Mm-hmm. And and there's a saying that says we only learn from our mistakes. And so that truth isn't oh you know done in a sort of like a, uh, we got to accept that no. It's done in, in, in a way, a manner which you can learn from that. Learn from it. Mm-hmm. And what, what, I mean, what I mean by learning is that now you can't judge people for making mistakes because all they're doing, they're in a learning process. And that soon as they learn, they will evolve, you see. And that's why a lot of people, especially in jail, you know, they learn their lesson, okay? They don't need to be punished anymore. Mm. And so the, the, the world will be nice on them. Or, you know, it depends on the karma, you know, where they're, what they're going through. And, but, but being vindicated, knowing the truth is, is important to you. No one else. It's important to you. And if you know the truth and someone asks you, to help them, then you're obligated to help them. Ask and you shall receive. But if no one asks you, then they could be in the process of learning, making the mistakes. And it would be a mistake for anybody to interrupt that process because that process takes time. Everything takes time. Like cooking a good meal, you know, just, just because you've got the ingredients in there and, and you did it, you can't hurry that. You have to make, everything has to gel and has to get together and under the heat and everything because you're changing everything. And change takes time. And so what we have to do, this is what I'm learning, is that realize that people aren't being wrong, they're just making mistakes. Mm. during the process of learning and and whatever burden that they're they're given to carry during while they're doing the process because the aim of, of evolution it says in the bible is that for people to evolve so they can become gods godlike mm. 
And that's, that's our whole idea of being uh, on this, in this realm of existence. You know, and it says all the Holy Bible says, you know, you, you must be. You know, that's why the word God is, is common to everybody, to all religions. You know, mm -hmm. Even the ones that say God doesn't exist, <laughs> they wouldn't have a religion if it wasn't for the fact that they're saying that he doesn't exist. <laughs> if he doesn't exist, why? <laughs> so what I'm saying is for everybody, is everybody's in a mistake mode. And all you have to do is learn, learn, mm -hmm. learn to get out of the way, learn to shut up, learn to smile, learn to, to placate, learn to deflect, learn to teach, but not teach by, by force, but teach by, first of all, by example, teach by example. Mm -hmm. That's that. That's all we. Uh, if and, and and the other. Oh, this is a good one. This is one I like because when I get stoned, I I, I get on these trips. That's why I love doing these podcasts <laughs> because I, I get to talk and not have to conform with with uh, ritual. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the small talk they call it's called. You know, I get to express my my. Uh, your wisdom, man. Your wisdom. Yeah, it, it comes to me, and and I was struggling with the typing, you know, <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden Siri comes on the iPad and says, "I can, uh, re I can type whatever you say, tell me to." In other words, you don't have to struggle with the typing. I will type for you. You just have to recite. And the trouble is, I can't get nothing to recite unless I read it first. I think. You know, mm -hmm. that's wrong. But, but I, you know, when you get stoned, you forget what, what problems you're trying to overcome, and, and which creates more problems, which is even more fun. And, and, and so Siri comes on, and I'm, I'm looking at my iPad like I am now, and I thought, who was that? <laughs> who, who, who said that? Who said that? My machine's talking to me? And so then I got this book, and this is a, one of the holy books that I, that I, I read. It's uh, The Master Speaks by Joel S. Goldsmith. And he, uh, oh, it's a long story. He's a whole, whole show by himself. But anyway, I picked it up, and I, and I thumbed through it, and I stopped just randomly. And, and I asked a question. I said, oh, who was that? And my, my answer was, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I looked at the word, you know, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You know, you you've heard that one. Yeah, the you've Trinity. Yeah, the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. the Holy That's the Spirit who talked to me, who talks to all of us. See, we we each got our own. By the way, we each got our own universe. Every every yeah. creature on this planet, every human on this planet. We have our own universe. You know how they yeah. say, you look up in the sky and you see all the planets and that. And, and, and then your mind has to deal with the fact that this is endless, but this is only one of the endless. Mm. <laughs> so, so where does the other one begin? <laughs> because see, it's a, it's a mind game. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, 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 a physicist joke. It's a mathematical joke, you know. Is that if there's one universe, that means that there's going to be countless other universes. <laughs> but how can how can you expand eternity? In order to make it eternal, it has to be endless. And if it's endless, then it expands. You know what expands? Our mind. That's all. It's some deep conversation there, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> it's proper. Have you been smoking right, cannabis? Uh, <laughs> very good cannabis, as a matter of fact. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very mm -hmm. wise, Tommy. You know, you've experienced a lot. You've learned a lot throughout your years, for sure. 
But, you know, how do you expand consciousness? It reminds me of uh, there's a riddle called the Infinite Hotel, where the hotel, it's an infinite hotel. There's an, it has an infinite amount of rooms and it's full. And a football team comes up to the hotel and the football team has an infinite amount of players. And they go up to the front desk and they're like, we need to get into the hotel. Uh, do you have any rooms for us? And of course, the rooms are infinitely full. So, and they have a <laughs> infinite football team. So it's like, yeah, sure, we can, we can fit you in. And like, how did they fit them all in? Well, they called up every room, you know, they announced over the tannoy. Can everybody in the room double their room number and move to that room instead? And that leaves all the odd numbers open. And then they just send the infinite football team into all the odd number of rooms, you see? Wow. So it works. <laughs> it works. You can expand infinity. You just have to know the right sequence. <laughs> you have to tell everybody to move one forward is all you have to do. Unless, right? unless you're a, a, a pessimist. pessimist. Mm-hmm. Now you have to be you, to be the opposite. There has to be an opposite of that uh, analogy, and that can be infinite too. <laughs> no, that's that, that. I love that mind trip. That was great. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, man, it, it's a it's an old one which I remember from a long time ago. Oh, I stuck with me that infinite hotel one. It's, it's crazy is, when you think about these big numbers and you know how infinite the universe is. And is it really infinite? Is it does it go on for 13.6 billion years? Like that's the observable universe, but we only see 90% of it. There's more after that. It's crazy to think about this shit. No, uh, not really. It's 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 a it's a it's a ride, it's a mental ride. That's what mm-hmm. we're meant to do, by the way. Mm. This is what we're meant to do. Yeah, right. that's what we're we're given minds. See, you, you know what cracks me up when now when I, I used to have different answers, but but I got an answer now for people when they ask me how how can I be a, a success? You know how can how can I find success? How can I be good at what I do? And you know what what should I do? Uh, you know to help the, the process. And you know what my answer is now? To uh, learn how to use your iPhone. You learn how to use that iPhone, everything it can do, and you will be, you'll get anything you want in life. Mm-hmm. Because that is a mental uh, practice that people are still working on and uh, in their spare time. And, <laughs> and by the way, we have a lot of spare time. Mm-hmm. I, I know I do. Uh, I'm, at, I'm at that age. In fact, when I do cameos and get older people, I, I tell them, enjoy, enjoy your old age, man. There's so many perks that, that you get, you know, seniors, senior discount on everything. <laughs> you, can, you can go to any university and, and monitor any class you want just because you're old. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sit there and uh, nothing costs, you know, because uh, you're old. And when I play golf, uh, I can tee off at the woman's tee. And, and even though I can show <laughs> anybody else I play with, I take advantage of that. <laughs> I love it. You know, a lot of guys, you know, you know, don't, I can do this. I don't need this. You know, and I, you know they're proud of it. How they are. Me, I take advantage of all the shit I can get. Man. If I can sit, I will sit down. If I can ride, I will ride. <laughs> I won't whine about it and if I have mm-hmm. to do whatever I have to do I'll do it but it, it you know take advantage of it. It, it there's so much good like for instance uh, for family you know uh, get togethers you know grandpas aren't really needed other than to hold this or will you watch her for a minute uh, <laughs> that's all that's all we, we got to work <laughs> You don't have to worry about, you know, the moving shit or, or, or cooking or any of it, any of it. Mm-hmm. So you got time, dude. You know, in the old days, they used to smoke cigars and pipes. That's what the grandpas would do. They'd sit there and they'd get a cigar or pipe and you'd play with them for a while and they'd always have it. <laughs> that shit started killing them faster than anything. <laughs> and so, so now they don't do that anymore. So grandpas, 
you know, they get in the way a lot too, you know. <laughs> Nothing worse than a grandpa that gets in the way when you're trying to do shit, you know, because uh, they, they just become a, and then they try to move out of the way and they get more in the way, you know, and you can't be mean and you can't yell because they're your, your grandpa. And so you, you just have to put up with it. Well, I tell the grandpa, the old folks, get the fuck out of the way. You know, just go find a go find a nice soft spot to sit and study okay. your phone. You got nothing else to do. L learn how to turn that fucker on and off. You know. Mm -hmm. That's it, man. Getting old is a privilege some people don't get. So you know, enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. But that, that's the other thing, you know, don't ever worry. You know, when people leave, <clears throat> they don't disappear, you know. <clears throat> they're just they're just transitioning into their next uh, assignment. You know, they mm -hmm. just graduated before you did. That's all. That's yeah, all that is. We were uh, speaking with Graham Hancock earlier, and we were speaking around the lines of this as well, where he used to be an atheist didn't believe in any kind of afterlife. Then he did some psychedelics and it convinced him that there is something else on the other side of this. And he believes in reincarnation and you know, how life just goes on. Even after death, there's something waiting for us all. Well, it's, it's eternal. Mm -hmm. Right. It can't, it can't be eternal. When, when, no, no. And the reason we don't know this is we're not supposed to know this. Mm. Some of us are, and most of us aren't supposed to be talking about this, by the way, you know. And, and he knows uh, too I, much. Shut him we, up. We, we, we can do it. We can do it on a podcast like this because that's our intent, you know. Mm -hmm. But but uh, you know, I yeah I I consider preaching or or trying to you know get your point across is is like giving directions to Disneyland to someone that didn't ask. <laughs> but what if I wanted to go to Disneyland? What's that? Well, what what if I wanted to go to Disneyland? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, if they wanted to go, well, that's a whole different matter. Mm -hmm. uh, then, then you learn. But, but, yeah, yeah, but ask and you shall receive. Uh, that 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 is one thing. But don't don't tell unless you're asked. Wait until mm -hmm. you're. That's what I see. Yeah. Let's see. We've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. We're supposed to listen twice as much as we speak. Oh, I think that one. Yeah. yeah. Do you, yeah, do you have uh, many sessions like in real life? Do you have friends around the house and just sit and talk like this sometimes? Do I have anybody to talk to? Well, you know, do you do your friends come around the house and you have sessions and get all deep in conversation oh, no. like this? Not, not really. No, only friend I have really is on the internet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> only time anybody wants to hear what I have to say. You know. Other than that, you know, I, I'm a good listener, and, and uh, you know, have the, the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's basically what it is. Listen, uh, guys, I got to run. I got a uh, yeah. Okay, okay, Tommy. We we appreciate you coming along and chatting with I us, man. A, dog barking at someone and i gotta go check it out <laughs> that's all good are you, are you going or are you just visiting the dog and coming back or, no no i gotta go I gotta yeah go. well you've been here for ages and we appreciate your time very much tommy as I always love, man i love uh, talking to you guys man it's a lot of fun you're always yeah. welcome you anytime me, you're you free me, uh, you let me uh ramble and i love that i love <laughs> you for it <laughs> no we, we love you for it man we love to hear you rambling tommy anytime you want to come and ramble with the seat is always open for you mate just come okay, and join well, us exactly. when you need me call me i'll be there nice fantastic nice man. thanks tommy man. you have a good day thanks, mate tommy. appreciate okay, it man. take it out take it away i don't know All how right. to do it there we go <laughs> right there we go it's gone cool bye tommy bye bye And there we go, everybody, our good friend, Tommy Chong. Now, it's been a good few weeks for interviews. You know, we're so lucky to interview the people that we do. You know, Tommy Chong, for an example, guy is a legend in the cannabis community. We have a privilege of speaking to him many, many times for many hours now. And it's always a good time. But, you know, we spoke to Jorge Cervantes last week, who's also a legend and a massive pleasure to speak to him. The week before that, we had Graham Hancock on the show. You know, it's just we're pouring out some good interviews right now, everybody. So if you enjoyed this interview and if you enjoyed any of those previous interviews that we've done, 
then do us a big favor and just head over to iTunes or Spotify or whatever network you listen to the show on and leave us a review, a five-star review. You know, that would be epic. It's lots of hard work going out there and arranging all these interviews. And it would be massively appreciated if you could just spend two minutes to go and drop a nice review on their networks for us. But no pressure, of course. We just always enjoy you being here. We enjoy that you download and listen to the show. And we enjoy that you enjoy it. So thank you very much, as always, for downloading and listening. We appreciate you. Uh, and we'll catch you on Friday for the Grow Guides. So stay high, stay safe. And thanks to Tommy Chong for coming to join us. See you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.